0: It's like deja vu. This is episode number 22, but just like in episode 21, the idea for this story was just supposed to be a simple social media post. I was curious about how many different riders have held the record for most Supercross main event wins. And the list is even shorter than I thought it was, but I still ended up going overboard. So it goes. Thanks for listening. Share this with a friend and please leave a podcast rating. That'll help other Moto fans find this channel. You can support We Went Fast by joining the Fast family at wewentfast.com shop. The revenue from the hats, shirts, and artwork go back into telling you more stories. You want free stickers? Go to wewentfast.com subscribe, sign up for the newsletter, and then check your inbox. The welcome message has the key to free decals sent directly from me. Because it's nice to receive something in a real mailbox that isn't junk or bills and now the fabulous four of supercross a breakdown of the exclusive club of supercross greats to own the all-time wins record when lebron james took over the nba scoring record on february 7th 2023 after 39 years of ownership by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I wondered, how many different riders have owned the top spot on the all-time Supercross wins list? Four. Five, depending on how much you want to fight for Marty Tripes' legacy. Eli Tomac was three years old on June 3, 1995, the day Jeremy McGrath passed Ricky Johnson as the winningest rider in Supercross history. He didn't yet have his first motorcycle. Ken Roxon was 13 months old. Cooper Webb, Chase Sexton, and Jet Lawrence weren't even alive. McGrath has been the wins leader for so long, it's hard to remember who came before him. The list is thin, but within its details is a bit of lost history. It might seem a waste of time to discuss a record that has little chance of being topped for many years. Eli Tomac, however, is making the list's biggest shakeup. Since James Stewart started the 2014 season with 45 wins and ended it with 50, Ricky Carmichael had owned second on that list since February 1, 2003, when he won his 29th main event. He extended that total until 2007 when he retired with 48 wins. When Stewart won the Toronto Supercross in March 2014, he took over second on the list. Suggesting that Jeremy McGrath's record of 72 wins came into focus that night in Toronto might just be some convenient hindsight. But saying that Stewart's 50th career win would also be his last would have gotten you a slap across the face. That's the cruel reality of racing. It can take years to realize The winning ended long before. For Tomac, 50 wins and beyond is sharply in focus. Tomac's march towards Stewart's spot on the list, however, coincides with what he said before the season started that this would be his final year of chasing championships. But when he got off to the best 450 Supercross season start of his career, four wins in the first six races. He just laughed when asked if he is really going to retire. To pass McGrath's record of 72, however, Tomac would likely have to compete through the year 2027. That's based on a modeling of Eli's career 31% win rate. The names below are the all-time Supercross wins leaders, followed by the span of their reign. Jimmy Ellis, March 1975 to April 1978. Eight wins. Jimmy Ellis appears headed for the biggest motorcycling victory of his life in the Super Bowl. Here he comes over the final jump looking for the checkered flag. Everybody's on their feet and a victory wave as he takes the checkered flag for Jimmy Ellis winning the fourth Super Bowl of Motocross in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Who was the first two time winner in Supercross history? Was it Marty Tripes? who won the 1972 and 1973 Super Bowls of Motocross? Or was it Captain Cobalt, Connecticut's Jimmy Ellis, who won all three rounds of what was then called the 1975 Yamaha Super Series, a three-race late winter sprint held on consecutive weekends in Dallas, Daytona, and Houston? That July, he even won the Super Bowl of Motocross in Los Angeles a non-series, non-points-paying event that does count as a Supercross main event win, but makes this part of the sport's history messy, awkward, and unpleasant, especially for die-hard Marty Tripes fans. Nobody said being a pioneer was easy, and 16-year-old Tripes certainly did something special by going 2-2-2 to win the overall of what is considered to be the genesis of Supercross racing in America the 1972 Super Bowl of motocross in the Los Angeles Coliseum. He repeated in 1973. It's no coincidence that this sport will hold the first finale of the Super Motocross World Championships in that same venue 51 years later. The roots of Supercross are in the Coliseum, but the earliest races held there were not part of a championship. State your case in the comments But what can't be argued is that the championship era of supercross racing began in 1974. That year, three different riders won the three races, Pierre Carsmakers, Jim Pomeroy, and Jaroslav Falta. And Falta's win was 1974's version of the Super Bowl of motocross. By the end of 1975, Ellis was a four-time winner and the all-time Supercross wins leader. In 1975, however, this accolade went unnoticed or unrecognized. Maybe the sport was too young to think in these terms. It wasn't even called Supercross then. So if Marty Tripes is rankled that he's not being properly recognized as the original all-time Supercross wins leader, he can take solace in the fact that Jimmy Ellis never got recognition for it either. Until now. Bob Hanna, April 1978 to February 1989, 27 wins. In motocross, the name is Bob Hanna. Twice a winner before, trying to become the first man to ever win it three times, and you see one of his... Entourage cheering him on as he works on number 34, one of the lap riders in the field, Danny Storbeck from San Antonio, Texas. Hannah working the traffic like a breeze here as he works the laps down. The white flag is out, and Bob Hurricane Hanna is very close to the biggest accomplishment of his career, a third victory at Daytona International Speedway. He's going to be a happy man. It is over, and Bob Hurricane Hanna has done it. Bob Hanna won the 1977 Supercross Championship and took over as the all-time Supercross wins leader in the middle of 1978, just his second full season in the sport. Again, nobody noticed, nobody wrote about it, nobody documented it, nobody mentioned it. And it only took Hannah 19 races to do it. Riding for American Honda, Jimmy Ellis won the 1978 Toyota Supercross Series opener in Seattle, the eighth and ultimately final win of his career. Hannah, who looked sluggish in the first three rounds of 78, took third behind Honda's Tripes. He went 3-12-4 in the first three rounds and frustratingly watched Honda riders run away with the series. At rounds 4 and 5, a doubleheader in Houston, Hannah woke up and swept the weekend. I was just doing too many other things in the offseason. Stuff like hunting and fishing, and I wasn't riding, he told reporter Jim Giannatsis in response to his slow start. With the three-month layoff, I just got lazy, and it was really hard to get going again. Hannah was 19 points down to tripes after Houston, and did something that went completely undocumented that night. He tied Ellis for most all-time Supercross main event wins. The benchmark was just eight victories. Hannah is totally all that track. He wants him! He wants Birkett. Watch his jump! Oh Unreal. The chance of a back and forth tussle over the all-time wins leader title ended in Houston, unfortunately. Ellis dislocated a shoulder on night two when he locked bars with another rider and got tossed over a concrete barrier. Tripes took second both nights, giving him 2-1-1-2-2 finishes to start the 11-round series. But Honda left Houston with her heads bowed. In addition to the loss of Ellis, Marty Smith dislocated a hip. Two weeks later in Pontiac, Hurricane Hannah landed again. On Saturday evening, he won his ninth career main event and his tenth on Sunday. With Ellis out of the action... The record was securely Hannah's, but, again, in a sport that had no history out of that decade, it wasn't something anyone tracked. Right through the 27th and final victory of his career, the 1985 Daytona Supercross. Do you ever feel this win might be your last when you get to this point or there's many more to come? Not my last Daytona win, that's for sure. You'll be back for maybe four, five, six more. Yeah, I, I, I want to win uh, four or five of them, I don't want to go out too soon. The next closest active rider at that point was Mark Barnett, who won the Atlanta race just two weeks earlier. That became the Bomber's 17th and final win. Even when Hannah pulled himself out of a two year long drought and won the 1981 Pontiac Supercross, the number 19 wasn't in the news. When Hannah won the 1984 Pontiac Supercross, Hannah blows by en route to another victory tell you, when this guy's well, he's hell. Second place keeps Omara in the series point lead, the Hurricane. Bob Hanna wins a remarkable ninth Pontiac Silverdome Supercross. But not that he'd extended his career win total to 26. Rick Johnson, February 1989 to June 1995, 28 wins. When Ricky Johnson won the 1984 Seattle Supercross, the first of his career, on February 12th, Bob Hanna was still adding to a collection of main event victories that seemed impossibly far off. Almost five years to the day later, Johnson won the 1989 San Diego Supercross and pulled even with Hannah's final Supercross total of 27 wins. In front of a highly partisan crowd, Johnson from nearby El Cajon took the win. In doing so, Johnson tied the legendary Bob Hanna for the most wins in the history of Supercross. 27. The question still remains, can anyone stop Rick Johnson? The record finally had some recognition, but Johnson seemed nonchalant about it when he spoke to Cycle News after the race. It's just another record for someone else to break. It doesn't stand, but the moment does. As Johnson collected his fourth consecutive win of the season and tied the record, a 17-year-old privateer evaluated his own performance that night. He finished 10th in the 125 Western Regional class, a disappointing result considering he stood on the podium a week earlier in Seattle. His share of the purse in Seattle was just $400. After four Supercross races in 1989, the first four of his career, he still wasn't sure if his life could center around racing dirt bikes. After San Diego, Jeremy McGrath drove his little pickup truck back to his parents' home in Sun City, California and waited for the Supercross Series to come west again. A week later, in Miami, on a track so sandy and nasty it looked like a hurricane off the Atlantic had created it, Johnson came back from a mid-pack start to lead a Honda sweep at the podium. Rick Johnson from El Cajon is just a couple of corners away from victory. Under that helmet, he has to be smiling big time. The checkered flag, and there is the winningest rider in the history of Supercross. He'd won five straight races and seemed unstoppable. And now he stood alone as the all-time Supercross wins leader. This time, he seemed more upbeat about the record. Rick, five in a row, but I think more important than that, you are now the winningest rider in Supercross history. How does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel unreal. you know. Now my goal is just to get that number up as high as possible, so uh, none of these young kids come up, come up and take it. It did not get extended at the next round in Atlanta, however, when Johnson fell while battling his teammate, Jeff Stanton. That night, Stanton won his first of 17 career main events. And then, disaster. Danny Storbeck landed on Johnson's wrist during practice at Gatorback MX Park, the opening round of the pro motocross season in early March. The Miami Supercross was the last main event win of Johnson's career. Jeremy McGrath, June 1995 to the present, 72 wins. This is Jeremy McGrath's evening, however. He not only wins the race, he wins his third consecutive Supercross title, nailing it down with two races left to go. He's also of course tied Rick Johnson's career mark of 28 wins. Ricky Johnson was almost two years removed from the sport When Jeremy McGrath won the 1993 Anaheim Supercross, the first premier class win of his career. McGrath knew what he wanted in life now, but he didn't expect to set a new single season wins record in his first year in the class. McGrath's 10 wins in 1993 topped Damon Bradshaw's 9 wins in 1992, which had eclipsed Jean-Michel Bale's 8 wins in 1991. That domination continued for three straight seasons, and then some. On May 20, 1995, McGrath won the Cleveland Supercross and his third consecutive title. It really wasn't a high-pressure situation for me tonight. I knew that I would get the title tonight, so I just went out there and rode my own race, said the three-time King of Supercross. Cycle News reporter Davy Coombs grabbed that quote above, and he also attributed it to the king of Supercross, in what must be the first time that title had ever been used. I'm going to come back next year even stronger than ever and win my championship again, McGrath continued. I figure I got three good years left in me, and I'd like to set a record for wins and titles in a career. The all-time win mark for Supercross, 28 to Rick Johnson, 27 Bob Hannah, but number 29 for Jeremy McGrath also has a chance to break his own win record, tying now the most wins in the season with 10. On June 3rd, 1995, McGrath truly became the king of Supercross when he won the San Jose Round, the 29th victory of his career. Skip Norfolk, McGrath's longtime mechanic, wanted a piece of that history, and he walked over to the finish line and asked if he could keep the checkered flag, which McGrath signed. McGrath told Don Mietta, that evening's Cycle News reporter, that he wanted to hold on to the record, quote, for a while. When asked how high he thought he could go, McGrath said, I don't know, if I'm still having fun for three more years, maybe around 50 wins, that'd be pretty cool. McGrath raced full-time for another seven seasons, won four more championships, and 43 more main events. When pressed to discuss what he did, and what it means to him and to the sport, McGrath spoke with reverence, but also a hint of the confidence that helped him win seven championships. When I sit here and focus on this, it's unimaginable to think I ever got to 72 wins, he said in a phone call. But when I got to 28 and 29 wins, I felt like I was just getting started. I find it hard to believe someone's going to catch my record, but if they do, that's pretty cool. When LeBron James and the new NBA scoring record comes up, McGrath responded with one of modern sports' favorite comparisons, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, and he answered his own question in a way only a champion could. I wonder if LeBron would trade that scoring record for Jordan's championships. And that's when McGrath mentioned how sneaky Tomac's rise up the all-time main event wins list has been. After the 2019 Supercross season, Tomac hit 8th on the list, tied with Bob Hannah at 27 wins. Hannah's career, however, ended with 3 championships. At that point, Tomac had 0 titles. Tomac passed Bob Hannah, Ricky Johnson, and Ryan Dungey on the all-time Monster Energy Supercross wins list without stirring up much attention. But that's also dirt bike racing nobody gets too excited for 6th, 7th, or 8th place. It could also have been because Tomac pulled even with the four-time champion Dungey, 34 wins, during the 2020 season while he was still fighting for that first title. The sum of the wins raised eyebrows, but without championships, they held less meaning. When asked to analyze the list, McGrath is blunt. Championships hold far more weight than wins. If you have lots of wins, but fewer to no titles than the guys behind you on the list, that might keep you awake at night, he said. I'm sure Damon Bradshaw gives it some thought, and I'm sure James Stewart does too. Where Tomac lands in the end is as much a mystery as why he finished fifth at the 2023 Tampa Supercross, one week after a steely victory in Houston, a night where his competition looked much stronger. The next rider with a plausible chance to stack a lot of wins is 23-year-old Chase Sexton. Now in his third season, Sexton is far off McGrath's pace at the same point in his own career. McGrath won 19 races in his first two seasons in the class. Sexton won one main event in that same span. Statistics can be brutal. You have to dominate, McGrath said of the formula to break his record. That's the entire playbook. But he also mentions how unpredictable Supercross can be. A week ago, I was sitting here thinking Eli could win 10 races this year. I'd never seen him be that fast of a starter. Ricky Carmichael is forcing Jeremy to reach back to all of that experience, all of that knowledge that he acquired in winning seven championships in eight years. Ricky's gotta be close to have a chance in that whoop section, that final corner. That's what it's going to come down to, it appears. They go on the triple. They'll go under the bridge. Into the whoops. Here comes Carmichael. The checkers for Jeremy. Incredible race here at Anaheim in round three. He was pressured the entire way. He looks to the stars. McGrath never expected Anaheim two in 2001 to be the 72nd and final race win of his career. He still seemed fast enough to win another 10, 15, 20 mains. Triple digits didn't look out of reach. But the racing gods had other plans, just like they did for Ellis, Hannah, and Johnson. 72 looks safe for a long time, but the possibility of it someday being eclipsed will always be fun to discuss. That's the end of this episode. But if you leave a rating, that tells us you want more. Don't forget about the offer for free stickers. It's real. Sign up at wewentfast.com slash subscribe and check your inbox. Instructions will be in the welcome message. And if you need to send someone a gift, I want to help. Hit me up at wewentfast.com slash shop. Thanks for listening.